Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Alrighty, hello, hello, and welcome to another Gagan Pod. It's a new era. I feel like the Julian Nagelsman of the Gagan Pod. Claude's here hosting alongside with an all-star cast, Thomas Sorensen, Mark Schwarzer, and Michael Bridges. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Firstly, good evening to Mark Schwarzer, who's joining us all the way from Spain. Mark, how are you? Well, if, if I were joining you from Spain, I'd be a lot happier, but I'm back in the UK, mate. Oh, you're back in the UK? See, not only do you turn up half an hour late, you still... <laughs> Well, look, these are the formalities. I don't actually care where you're dialing in from, if I'm completely honest with you, Mark. Uh, I'm going to go to the two guys who I can say good morning to. Tommy Sorensen, haven't seen you since the Euros. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, getting out of lockdown here in Melbourne, watching uh, you know a lot of great football, uh, great result this morning uh, with the Arsenal-Crystal uh, Palace game. So, yeah, plenty to enjoy and now freedoms as well, uh, something I'm looking forward to. See, that's a, that's a very respectable response. I have a feeling I'm going to be chatting a lot to you today and probably less to these other two. Michael Bridges, unfortunately, I'm joined by you once again. How are you, Bridgie? I'm very well, thank you, mate. And I cannot believe that you have just introduced yourself as the new Nagelsman. What a massive pumper that is. <laughs> wow. By the way, Nagelsman, right, is good at his job. Nagelsman dresses immaculate. And you, on the other hand, you're no good at your job and you've got an absolute shit shirt on. I beat, I beat hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy on the shirt, buddy. The shirt is a good shirt. All oh, right? right, it's a classic, a classic Chelsea shirt. I'm just trying it to is. give him some stick, you know, keep no. him down on his station. Claude, no, we no, love no. you, mate. We love you, really. But, but he's definitely not a uh, Julian Nagelsmann because he doesn't turn up on time. Because Nagelsmann <laughs> would turn up time every time. There'd be no chance at all of him not turning up on time. And he rides a skateboard. I just can't see Claude's doing that. Look, I I just wore firstly skateboards before my time. Uh, I just thought I'd wear this jersey to remind you guys. You guys were playing professional football at the time, doing very well. I actually turned two years old when this jersey came out. Just wanted to remind you all of your age before we kick this off. Uh, He's, very back good. Dave He's very Bring good. Bring back Dave Wiener. Good comeback, I say. Good, good comeback Claus. I love it. <laughs> Let's fly straight into it. Tommy touched on it. Massive game this morning. We were treated to Tuesday morning football, which we absolutely love. Arsenal at home to Crystal Palace. And it turned out to be a thriller. Went right down to the end. Arsenal having to settle for a 2-2 draw. But I think the way the game ended up panning out, they'll take that, right, Thomas? Yeah, I think uh, they showed, again, what, what they've been showing for, for the last uh, couple of weeks. Some, uh, you know, a bit of uh, resistance. You know, they're just a bit of character to, to, to keep going. Uh, you know, I think they, they made it hard for themselves, obviously. You know, party being uh, dispossessed, potentially a free kick. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the second goal as well. Um, you know, they, they started well, got the, the early goal with Abama Yang. I thought they, they were good for that early on. And, and then Crystal Palace slowly just got into the game, grinded it out and uh, took their chances. So for Arsenal to get that draw late on, um, I think it's a win for them uh, as, as the game sort of went on. Tommy, I've got to say, I never thought I would see an Arsenal team celebrate like they'd won the FA Cup uh, when they get a draw against Crystal Palace. That's how much this is that these two teams have, have, have turned around. I think Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace, after going behind so early in this game, the way they 
came back and handled the situation and played for me the, the best football. And it was only that I thought that last little decision that Vieira made when he took Edward off and went with a back five and a four and a one, and then they invited the pressure on. It was really the only time in the game, the last eight minutes, that Arsenal really had anything out of it. The first eight minutes and the last eight minutes. So I credit Crystal Palace for the way they played. But, and Patrick Vieira for his approach to the game, but the, that substitution, I just felt, killed the dynamics of Palace. And Bridgie, that, that goal, the equaliser, Christian Benteke, there was question marks over the dispossession of party in midfield. I personally thought there was nothing wrong with it, but your take on that one? How, how much did that remind you of a Patrick Vieira tackle? <laughs> yeah. That was him at his peak when he would win the ball back and you felt you got fouled. And um, I've got to credit Benteke as well because I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Um, but the way he shifted the ball to, to get the shot away in the, in the finish, I thought was superb. And for me, that decision was correct decision. I think we've seen it several times this season with the new letter of the law and the, the referee, um, who was it? Was it Mike Dean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike Dean was right on the spot looking right at it. So for me, correct decision. Um, and that's how we want to see the game played with a pressure. Schwartzy, there was another massive decision in the first half, which saw Saka come off at half time. Uh, James MacArthur, the ball's coming down from the sky. He's looking like he's trying to attempt a volley, but he was very late to say the least, caught the back of Saka's calf. He had to go off injured. How did you see that one? Was that just a, a clever player trying to play at the fact that there was a ball there to be played or, or was it a genuine accident? It seemed, yeah, I, I think, listen, he knows the whistle goes but he's looking at the ball the whole time. I don't think he realizes that Saka comes in between him because Saka comes in, in so late in between him and the ball. And by the time he realizes, he tries to get out of it. He tries to stop his swing. I mean, listen, it's a yellow card. I don't think in a million years it's a red card. I don't uh, think it was intentional. Uh, what's that? That's a red card. No, I don't think it is. Did, did, you, hear, did is. you hear the VO? Have you, have you heard the explanation from the VAR? No. It was the highest. It yeah. was at the top end of the yellow card department. <laughs> just before a red card. So now the, the referees are looking at it to determine, is it a low end of the yellow card? Is it the high end of the yellow card? I've never heard so much crap in all my life. And Ian Wright... No, that, all, that, all that means, obviously, is it, that it's borderline red card, but it, they, they still I deem it to be yellow. I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's a red at all. I, I just don't think he's... The intention is he's got his eye on the ball the whole time, and it isn't until he, he sees Saka come across his line of view when it's, almost, it's basically too late, he tries to still pull out of it. Tommy, do you want to settle this one? <laughs> I, I must say, I, I agree with, with Swartzy. Um, you know, again, it, it is one of them. It could fall either way, but you know, we, we, want to, we, we want to keep people on the pitch. And if it's not intentional, and I think that's the key for me, uh, then he, he, he deserves to stay on the pitch. And all in all, it's a pretty solid result for Crystal Palace. They look like a completely different side to the one that we saw on opening day against Chelsea. Five draws for them, though. They've struggled to put games to bed. Arsenal, however, sit in 12th position. They've only scored seven goals this season. To put that into context, Newcastle have scored more goals than Arsenal this season. Um, when we're looking at that, I think they have really shored up that defence before today. But is the problem for Arsenal really going forward? Aubameyang scored today, silenced a few of his critics, but is that where Arteta's biggest worries are, Bridgie? I think his biggest worries um, is when he won the manager of the month and the dreaded <laughs> curse. Um, you know, they had a fantastic few results. Me and Tommy were talking about it um, on the last gig in pod, how I felt that he deserved that award for the amount, you know, four wins, the three clean sheets, um, but it was going to be the, the dreaded curse. Um, I think defensively, they're definitely better. 
Um, the goalkeeper Ramsdale, uh, Gabriel and Ben White. I, I feel that partnership has been great. And I love Tierney. I love what he's all about. Thomas Partey again in that defensive role, fantastic. But uh, the final product today, Smith Rowe didn't do enough for me. Saka didn't do enough for me. And Aubameyang in the first 20 minutes, he was the only one that really looked up for it in that final third. And Lacazette came on. So I think he's found the balance defensively, definitely. Um, going forward, there's a lot of the players have got to, got to stand up and be accountable, I think, for Arsenal to find the back of the net and not take their foot off the gas when they went 1-0 up. I, I think um, they need a lot more from, from Odegaard as well. I, I think he's he's just floats in and out of games too little um, for a player that is their kind of ball player, their playmaker. He just doesn't influence the game enough, often enough at, at this moment in time. Yeah, and I think we also saw the difference when Lacazette came on. I think he, he made yep. a difference. You know, he just gave That's him it. a little bit of physicality uh, to stand up to. You know, they are solid at the back, uh, Crystal Palace. So, so he, I think he made the difference for them. He to gave him energy. I yeah. thought he gave him energy when he came on. Yeah, They got a quick turnaround themselves. They've got a Saturday morning game coming up that we're going to talk about later on. But uh, a little fact as well that I heard this morning is that Aubameyang scored nine goals in 10 Monday evening matches in the Premier League. So, you know, Arsenal fans, they love to clutch at any straw that they can. Apparently, he's very good on a Monday night, so they should be scheduling more of those, gentlemen. I used to be good on a Wednesday night at Leeds United because it was student night in Leeds and we always went out together. I was on fire. Yeah. I'm stay glad you said that. Stay on, stay I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that otherwise something along those lines about you being the first to the bar or something like that. Or the last I was never the first to bar sporty. I always kept my money in my pocket, but I was always um, always out for a student night. Yeah, you're a northerner. Of course, you, of course you keep your hands in your pocket the whole time. You're a northerner. What do you expect? Here we go. Bring it on. Early days. Jeez, early yellow there for Schwartzy. Um, Moving on, though, Arsenal Palace, yeah, 2-2. Both teams sitting in the bottom half of the table. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they finish late on. Do we think... I mean, Arsenal, surely anything less than the top 10 has got to be a failure this season, right? I can't believe you're talking about top 10. (laughs) That's a great great season. That's just made my my season already. That comment there, it was like Arsenal in the top 10. Keep that. That is gold. Absolute gold. That's your best work, bud. Okay. So will Arsenal make the top 10? Will they make the 10? Of course they will. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's what the Gronk is. I think that's the that's the target for the season, I think. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's some top sides up there. Yeah, you're forgetting about your Leicesters, your Wolves, Brentford, Everton. Come on. I mean, it's not it's not as easy as it once was. But um Yeah, but you you're right. Like listen, Bright, Brighton's had an amazing start to the season. I mean, Listen, they could be the 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 outlier that goes on for the season as have an unbelievable season. They play some good football, but we've talked about it before. I think they'll run out of goals. They they just don't have the, the the firepower. If you look at the teams in that top in that top ten currently, Leicester actually eleventh. So he envisaged Leicester to be in there. I don't think Brentford will be there. I think Brentford will be just below, you know, mid table. Um, West Ham look like they're not going anywhere. They look like they're going to be knocking on the door again for for finishing in, in, in you know trying to get on those European places. And Manchester United, who knows what's going to happen with Manchester United? But quality that they have, they they should be far better. I mean, there's six of them at the moment. They've dropped down, but they should be better. They should be right up there. And not forgetting Burnley, of course, because um, they've got Corny, so he can he can give them a massive spike into the top top off the table. What's his favourite? I, I I think there's still more to come from him, mate. I hope so. I like I hope him. so. Yeah, we hope so. 
Well, time will tell, Jens. It's early days, uh, but I do want to talk about the Saturday night game that we were treated to on the weekend. It was Claudio Ranieri's first game in charge of Watford. Schwartz, he didn't hold back on Ranieri last week where he thought maybe he'd last max 10 weeks or so, and uh, it hasn't started very well for him. 5-0 Liverpool. It reminded me of that result three years ago when Liverpool also put five past them. Salah scored four on that day. He only scored one here, but it was a weldy. Guys, is he the best player in the world? I thought they were unlucky, Watford. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're the best. I absolutely love you. God, I'm not a what a oh, stand-up comedian! It was a uh, Salah. It, yeah, there is nobody, nobody better at this moment. In is he the best? The world. Yes, is he, he is right the, now the best player? Yes. Is is it hard? It's a hard one because I, I Lewandowski's think, on fire. Yeah, no, but I I think it's really hard to say he's the best player in the world at the moment. Oh, it's trying to. It's hard to get your head around saying it because. We're so used to having Ronaldo and Messi, right? So they had more of a complete game. They, when I say more complete game, they would dribble, take on players. I think more flamboyant, more appeal. I don't know. But what Mo's, more... what Mo's doing at this moment in time, Swartzy, every week is producing world-class goals no, I and agree world-class performances. So the only one that I see standing out when when we're trying to watch as much football around the world as we can is you just see Lewandowski's name on the score sheet all the time and yeah. you're a massive follower of the Bundesliga. I cannot see Messi's not doing that for PSG. Ronaldo's no, no, not doing it for not. Man United. Yeah, but... So for me, Salah is the absolute standout and he's, I really feel for Liverpool. I keep stressing it enough. How can you... Um, replace him and Mane when they go off to the African Nations Cup but that's not the topic it's just Salah is the best in the world yes yeah but Bridget, Bridget in, in my view you can't judge a, a, a player as being world best on a week to week basis like it, it has to be on a you know on a at least six month basis I, we're not I'm not saying that he hasn't been but uh, you know it if is. you talk about if you talk about Ballon d'Or he's not in the top Five in my my record. Can, can, can you be the best in the world in one season? So, like, you know what I mean. Like, does anyone ever? Ha, no, but has anyone else? Has anyone ever That's been? That's why you get the Ballon d'Or awards. No, 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 no. But hang on. Is well, just because you win the Ballon d'Or, does that mean you are the best player in the world? Well, it means you've had a massive impact over that. Yes or yes. Yeah, you no, know, I agree with you. But is it necessary you are the best player? I mean, there's a lot of debate over the years to say, well, Ronaldo got it one year, Messi got it the other year. Um, other players missed out. I'm trying to think I just who, think it's yeah. refreshing. We're actually discussing this, knowing that Ronaldo and Messi are kind of in the running, but out of it. When you have other know, Ronaldo, players, that are- for me, Ronaldo is nowhere near the running. You know, because of the start or the, or the way the last couple of weeks have gone. Messi's obviously nowhere near it as well since he's left Barcelona. He hasn't had the impact at, at uh, PSG. Well, um, we, Claude's had an unbelievable stat the other week, and he was showing it on Optus, and it was about Didier Drogba being. The, the amount of goals Didier Drogba yeah, scored yeah. Um, and in the amount of games he did it. And I think Salah has got the more or the equal amount in like... 88, 80-odd games fewer. Yeah. It's, that's incredible. You yeah, think yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I agree with you. No, I agree with but, you. No. But, but, but what, what is the criteria though? You know, is it, is it stats? Is it accolades? Uh, is it trophies? Performances. Uh, is it yeah. joy to watch? Yeah, but, you know, definitely the Ballon d'Or, it, it's... You know, you know as well that there's political. You know, that there's also you know now Messi's you know one of the favorites because he won the Copa the Copa America, his first sort of international trophy. You know, and then does that make him the best of in the world? for Paris Saint Germain at the moment as well? No, but you know what I mean. No, what, what I was trying to say before was it, 
the marketability, the the appeal, the general appeal of Messi over and Ronaldo over Salah, for example, because the fact that we're even people are even having debate this, and the fact that Klopp is coming out and banging the drum, having to convince people almost that Salah is the best player in the world. That that's the thing that uh, is surprising. Why are we sitting here going, having this conversation? Really, we all should be saying straight away, "Yeah, he's the best player in the world by a mile." But, but do we, you- we have doubts. I, I don't. But Swazi, do, do you also think that club is making playing a little bit of a political game with the contract negotiations and, you know, get, get, get as many pluses in with Salah as well? Or that is none, that's not in I, a Because the, the understanding is that Klopp has nothing to do with, nothing to do with the negotiations, obviously, that aspect of it, right? So he obviously he'll give the go-ahead about whether he signs a player or doesn't want a player, of course. So yeah, maybe it's his way of trying to push the club and put more pressure on the club. But but back to the the overall question: Is he the best player right now on the planet? It's hard to think of anyone else who's Lewandowski is the only one. But then if you Benzema break it down, sorry, can I throw can I throw Benzema in there? I'll, yeah, well, in the I'll same tell you week, what, uh, in the same way, are the old school. Let's go to the the new breed, the new the new um, Nagelsmann. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because in the same week, Zidane came out and said Benzema should win the Ballon d'Or, especially now that he's won a national trophy with France. Uh, and the Nagelsmann, actually, funny you mentioned him, came out as well last week and said that Lewandowski has to win this one because the Ballon d'Or criteria came out, and as well as your performance this season, off field behavior is actually a category that they judge, and also overall career. So seeing as so Icardi Lever- can't get that. Icardi can't get it. Uh, he's probably coming up later in the show. And even Benzema, you'd say, just got back yes. into the French squad. Yeah. He probably can't get it. And Lewandowski no. was, let's be real, robbed of it last year when they cancelled the Ballon d'Or. So I think it's his yeah. to lose. And if you think about Lewandowski's record over the last probably, what, five or six years? I mean, yeah. Salah's been incredible the last three years, right? The stats. But if you look at Lewandowski, I think he's been long over a longer period of time, hasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, but in an, e- in an easier league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but the thing the thing about it is as well, you say that, but he also does it in the Champions League. And does he do it at national I, level? Uh not to the same level, but he still scores. But then he's playing for Poland. So if you look at his teammates, um, does Salah do it? What's Salah's what is Salah's return? That's the other question. Yeah. What, what's Salah's return for Egypt? I'm not I'm not sure. I'm asking the question. It it actually Don't- it actually isn't the best, his return for Egypt. Um, and I think it is, it's It's tough for a lot of the players when they go play in African qualifying. Yeah. A lot of them struggle from England. And on that point, when you're talking to Ballon d'Or in an international football season, a lot of the times when there is a Copa America or a Euro, they're usually the ones that, that get the favour. Salah hasn't been able to play at an international tournament this year for Egypt, and I think that's hurt his chances, whereas Messi's won with Argentina. Bridgie reckons Jorginho will win it. I mean, he's won with Italy. Well... Yeah, he's another one. Yeah, he, he he's obviously a massive one as well. It's been people have been banging on about Jorginho. Mm. Champions I, League, Europe, Europe. Uh... Yeah, yeah, European champions, um, Champions League winner. Um, and look how much we got sidetracked from one question, Claude. I know. I know. No, no, it, it obviously all relates in terms of Jorginho and yeah. whether or not he's he's now in the in the frame. Yeah, listen, I I think it's a close race between three of them. Lewandowski, Jorginho, and Salah, and mm. I, and to be fair, if any of them win it, I don't. I I, I think you kind of go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I, I would still throw Benzema in there, even though he, he's a late runner. But you know, he scored thirty goals uh, last season. He scored ten goals this season. He's just won um, 
you know, the, the Nations League with France scoring in the final. I, I don't yeah. think you can count him out. Like, Tommy, he, he's been very, very consistent over the last year. Tommy, um, are, you, um, are you representing him? Are you his agent yeah. or something? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no just just checking. Like Sorry, mate. I just, just shares or something like that. No, no, you know, we, we were comparing, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's scoring nearly as frequently as Lewandowski and he's got an international trophy. Um, you know, I don't think you can, you can count him out for sure. Look, look, yeah. when we're talking Ballon d'Ors, what, what I'm going to say is that, look, Liverpool did smash Watford. We started there and I think it, it's, <laughs> I think it's obvious to say uh, Liverpool are flying high. They're looking really good. Salah's absolutely smashing it. Huge work for Ranieri to do, but I'm going to take this opportunity talking Ballon d'Or nominees to mention someone, Edouard Mendy, who was left out of the Ballon d'Or nominations and Koulibaly came out during the week smashing that because Gianluigi Donnarumma was listed in the top 30 and Edouard Mendy was left out. He was brilliant on the weekend. Schwartzy, Tommy, is this just goalkeeper getting disrespected here? Um, no, but, but he's nominated for the Lev Yashin Award, yeah? Yeah, yeah, but just not yeah. the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Donnarumma. Yeah, because like, go back to what you said before, Claude's European Championship, major tournament. Mm -hmm. No African nations in the meantime. So therefore, Italy have won it. He played a big part in the penalty shootout. He played. I, I thought he was. I thought he was the best player in the in the best goalkeeper in the European Championships by 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 some margin. Um, you kind of understand why he's included. The question is, why is it Mendy included? And, and that is that is a valid question. I mean... If Donnarumma is the only keeper that is nominated for the Ballon d'Or, does that automatically mean he wins the Yashin Trophy? Well, that... But I, but yeah, exactly. That That's... You would think that's the case, isn't it, really? Because mm -hmm. how, how does one get nominated for, for one thing and no one else does it in that position? You're right. Yeah. That's a but, very... That's a very was, um, clever... Analysis from the the new um, the new man on the block. Love it. Love your thinking. Yeah, but I, I still think they're voted on differently. So again, that doesn't guarantee you. Uh, yeah, they are. Any, any, they are anything. Yeah. And, and also think the Ballon d'Or, it tends to be skewed to attacking players. I, I, you know, again, uh, as it should be. <laughs> good one, Bridgie. Um, but uh, you know, again, I think that's just the, the way it's been. You know, they're, they're the headline grapplers. They're the big stars on paper you know, I, you yeah, know, I think thankfully off. now that you know thankfully now we, we're seeing the value of goalkeepers over the last five six years have, have skyrocketed defenders as well i think in, in sort of the media uh the value of those players van dyke we've seen what what he has done to to liverpool uh we, we see what lacking of center halves is doing to man united uh so, so i think they're getting the respect but it's still skewed in my view well, he was, Edouard Mendy was brilliant on the weekend. Let's let's go into that game. Brentford at home to Chelsea. Chelsea managed to snag a 1-0 win. Bridgie, Chelsea had one shot on target in the entire match. They won the game, but is that cause for concern for Blues fans? Uh, I don't think it's cause for concern at all because they got the result at the end of the day and they managed to grind it out. And if you've got to rely on, you know, if, if it's not happening in the final third, uh, like I say, Lukaku again, a very disappointing, got dragged this time. He's holed up place. And yeah, just ran out of ideas. And it was the defensive unit and that man Mendy that came up with the the goods on on this occasion. It's not the first time. So if they'd have lost that game, 
yeah, definitely. I'd be saying I'd be worried, but they hung on. They got the results. And I see the, if they're playing bad and they're winning games, and I see Man United playing bad and they're losing games in, in the way they did, they fell apart defensively. The organisation, they were blaming each other. Chelsea hung, hung it together and celebrated at the end, rightly so. And everybody went to, and, to Mendy. And can we go credit to Kel for, for, for his lineup? You know, playing with Chalabar and Saar alongside Christensen and then Loftus Creek. In a holding midfield role, uh, and I think it's a you know just a big statement for the discipline and the the system that he's installed there. You know that he can change players, and it's it still works. You know they're still as solid as ever, and and uh, you know yeah, Mendy had a great game, but they still played to nil and and still won the game. So uh, I think that's credit to Tuchel for sure. It's the two different tactics, isn't it? So, like, when Liverpool went there, they went toe-to-toe. went, right, okay, we're Liverpool. We're going to play this offensive, in your face, close you down and go for it. And we're going we're gonna to outscore you effectively, you know? Having one of the best centre-halves in the world as well, we're going to hopefully not concede uh, one of the best goalkeepers or not concede as many. And then, obviously, they've come unstuck by Brentford because of the, the atmosphere, the, 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 the determination, the work ethic of the Brentford side, which is in, incredibly impressive. Um, Chelsea were never going to do that. Chelsea don't play that way. They often often are happy to, to grind out one nil results. So I think for Chelsea, it was a result that you kind of thought that if anyone's going to do it, they're going to do it. Out of the out, especially out of the, the top four or five teams, I think. And and again, Frank and and um Brentford, I thought it was fantastic what, what they did, where they you know, threw caution to the wind, didn't just accept it and, and went for it and really, again, showcased themselves that they belong in the Premier League with this style of play. So, yeah, it's not been an easy ride for anybody that's played Brentford and Chelsea come away unscathed. Did you did you tip them to get relegated? Bridget, I did, yes, Brentford. definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I did. So. And, I, and yeah, do you know what it is? I'm happy to eat humble pie and say <laughs> they have blown me away and I am absolutely <laughs> delighted to see how well they're doing because of the style they're playing. I also said I thought that Crystal Palace would get relegated. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the, ex- the expert, the experts <laughs> are honking. No, but uh, but mind you, I did say Norwich. Um, oh, I've forgotten now. I've said I've said Norwich. Um, Burnley, Crystal Palace. No, no, Burnley is staying up, mate, all day long. There's no way in the world they're getting relegated. Are they still in the Premier League, Burnley? God, God Jesus, I got to well, Schwartzy, yeah. you just said earlier in the show you think Brentford are slipping way out of the top 10. Uh, there was a super... No, I, did, I didn't say way out of the top 10. I said they're, gonna, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to finish top 10. Prob- mid-table, just probably below mid-table. Well, there was, a, there was a supercomputer which took all the statistics of Premier League seasons, predicted Brentford to finish fourth this season. Don't know how much... Uh, Watford was my other team. Sorry, Watford was other team that I said really good. Watford, Norwich, and Palace, I said. Two out of three, maybe. Well, that's yeah. why there's a need for computers in the modern day game and stats and things, but that's why computers cannot really put a personal <laughs> eye on the performances as a team and players. That's why, yeah. you know, the, all this scouting where it's gone computer generate, you still need the smell and taste and breathe it with the scouts. Yeah, great result nonetheless for them. And Buemo hits the post twice. Uh, he becomes the unluckiest player in the Premier League. <laughs> How many is that now? Is that six? Six times so far this season, but he's getting in the right positions. Uh, there's no so doubt. is that unlucky or is it just he's like, he's he's obviously his eye's not right. He's, he's, he, he, no. he needs what me and you wear, mate, glasses. I know. <laughs> Bridgie, you mentioned Man United. 
and the fact that Chelsea can grind out results, Man United can't. It was a completely different game. Thomas, 40 shots in this one, 22 for Leicester, 18 for Man United. It was a great game all around. What were your biggest takings from this? Was this just Leicester being too good or United not good enough? Uh, definitely United not being good enough, not, not being ruthless enough. I think I, 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 they're definitely struggling in midfield trying to find... Uh, the right combination, Fred McTominay. Obviously, in this game, it was Pogba and Matic. The, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just lacking pace. I'm lacking effort at times, um, positioning. And then, you know, obviously, they, they keep killing themselves with mistakes. You know, Maguire uh, for the first goal, obviously. Um, I don't know what he's doing. For, for the second goal as well, you know, he's positioning. He's actually doing the right thing to start with. Uh, you know, going out to Vardy and then he drops back into the line and that gives Vardy the, you know, the space to to, to obviously finish it well. But it, it's just bad, bad defending. Uh, again, the set pieces hurting them. I think you, you look at the effort. You know, I'm just looking, do they really want to hit the, the ball? Do they really want to clear it? Uh, it's sort of, a, you know, a half, half attempt. Uh, and at this level, you can't just rely on Greenwood uh, popping up with, with Worldies and Ronaldo, you know, digging you out of trouble and Fernandes. You know, you've got to be a unit. You've you got to play as a team. And I think at the moment, uh, too many people are, are not playing at the level they should be and with the effort they should put on the field. I think also you've got to look at the way that United is set up. Ronaldo up front, Fernandes and Sancho. The only one out of that that knows how to close down his Sancho because he did it at Dortmund and he did it really, really well. Ronaldo's not going to do it. That's not part of his game. He doesn't do that anymore. Um, Fernandez, he can do it, but they didn't do it. He'll look at Ronaldo and Ronaldo wasn't doing it, so he drops off. The amount of times you see in that second half in particular where United were attacking with five players, the gap between the Front five attackers and the five defenders was incredible. There was a massive haul, wasn't it? Massive hole, yeah. um, and 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 it's easy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I've many times I've I've dug Pogba out, and I'm not a big fan of him. But you can't. I don't think you can also blame Pogba necessarily. I, I think it starts from right up the front. You know, defensively, you're only as good as you know you, right at the front where it starts. And if those guys are not doing the work, which they they're, they're not. Greenwood as well. Swartz, I'm going to take it one step further. You're having, you're saying the Greenwood and the players. I'm taking one step further. I see a Tuchel and I see a Klopp and oh, yeah, I see a Pep Guardiola. Yeah. I'm taking it one step further. I'm going for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Do yeah, they have? Do they have the dynamics and the structure and the 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 nous that he has got his message over to his players of what he actually wants? Because defensively, for me, it looks disorganised and it almost looks like every player is playing off the cuff. And that, what I mean yeah. is like, just go out and play. Yeah. I do I, not see a team dynamics or organization. No, I agree with you. And I, and I think that part of the issue is either he, he hasn't told them, he hasn't said to them, right, we're going to close down. And if he has, he's either afraid to or hasn't yeah. felt that, that he could say to them, right, this is how I want to do it. And if he doesn't do it, I'm going to take him off. At the moment, he's just trying to, he's trying to keep everyone happy. I mean, you know, if you if you look at obviously bringing Ronaldo in, he's going to play, and he didn't play him in that one game. They get beaten. They t- he takes him off in the Europe uh, Europa League game. They get beaten, and so he's bang under pressure in that regard or, or, or already. So I think there's far too many players who are doing too little. So for example, Mason Greenwood, right? His tracking was horrendous, but then he's looking at Pogba. He's sorry, he's looking at Ronaldo. He's looking at Fernandez and going, well, they're not working. Why do I have to work? You know, it's it's a knock-on effect for me. 
it's obviously not being taught to them and they're not being demanded from them. No one's demanding it from them at all. And it, and it's and it's blatantly obvious. And I think on the weekend it was actually highlighted even more because they came up against a side like Leicester who hold the ball really well, play the ball really well, good movement, little drops in the pocket. And actually, if anything, United made it easy for them. Yeah. And I've got to say, Tommy mentioned the midfield of Manchester United. Just a quick comment. If you're talking about best players in the world off one-game performances, Tillisman, my God. It was amazing. Yeah, but he's not. It's also not one game, though, is it? I mean, he. he no, no. He, I'm, saying I'm not. No, I'm, not I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world, but he he is up there with becoming world class. He's a top top class yeah. player. Um, the question is for him. This is going a bit sidetracked. Is whether or not he needs to go elsewhere to become clear, truly top 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 class. Yeah, he was brilliant. He made the most of that Maguire era. Harry Maguire apparently asking for £300,000 a week on his new contract. And I think after a game like that, he probably have to take a zero off. Um, but chatting about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and he's got a crazy five matches coming up. He's got to play Atalanta home and away in the Champions League. He's that's got to play, that's three points. Easy. He's got to play. <laughs> he's Six got to points, play. Sorry. Liverpool, what, Farmers League in your opinion, Schwarzy? Hey, you said that, not me. Why are you calling the Italian League Farmers League? Rubbish, mate. You watch Atalanta teach him a lesson of football, man. I know, they probably will. They're a good side. Um, And then (laughs) he's got Liverpool, Tottenham and Man City coming up in domestic football too. What what would it take? Apparently, he's got the backing of the board. But Tommy, what would it take in these next five games to see him gone in the next month? You know, I think there's two ways of looking at it. Either you you sort of see, oh, that's the doom of, of Solskjaer or... You see it as an opportunity for, to turn the, the season around. Obviously, I think that the Liverpool game is it's it's huge. Uh, he needs to find a way to win that game. Uh, they're playing at home. Uh, whatever it takes, uh, is it being more solid? Um, you know, playing on a counter. You know, whatever it takes, he needs to come up with a plan uh, that can win that game uh, uh, for, for with all costs. So, so he needs to put out that team, and they got to work on. Is it, does it take a specific game plan just for that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think that matters. I think it, it, for him now, it's about results. Um, and, and, you know, those three games could, could be the end of him uh, uh, for sure if, if he doesn't get anything out of it. I agree. It's make or break. It could yeah. be well done or it's good, goodbye. So, so you, you guys reckon he could get the sack? Yeah. If, if they get beat by Atalanta or, or, or twice, I don't think they'll beat Liverpool. Uh, they will not beat Man City. The only game I can see them getting any joy of is a Tottenham game. If the if the draw lose that one, mate, if you're losing, what's all, that four? All games? I'm saying is don't underestimate the Manchester derby. Bad does. Never no, no, no. Never no, no. It, what I'm saying it, is throw, like, throw throw the throw the um the whole form got out the out the the window. I've seen it time and time again. It didn't matter which team was in form necessarily. They weren't necessarily guaranteed to win it. It's 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 a different game altogether. But you, if he loses four games out of them five, what yeah. do you think then, Swarty? I, I don't know. I'm just listening to, you know, tonight, listening to Gary Neville, for example, talk about it. And obviously he's very much Manchester United. And, you know, they're all the opinion that he'll be there come the end of the season. Obviously, okay. barring an absolute disaster and even losing four out of those five games is is obviously horrendous. But I don't think in the context of overall the, cor- the course of the season – that's going to define it necessarily. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, it- I, I said it before. Sorry, I, I've said it before. I thought probably a year ago, I thought he'd be gone before Christmas and it didn't happen. Um, so I'm not so sure. I probably got this wrong now. He probably will be gone before Christmas. I, I, I'm thinking more he'll be there close enough to the end of the season. Will he last longer than Ranieri? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> Tommy, you had something to say. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But but if we if we sit here and say that uh, you know you, you highlighted as well the, the the lack of discipline, the lack of lack of tactics, uh, directions from management. If we sit here and say that that the difference between Man United, not player for player, but it's the manager compared to Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Surely that's the, the, the reason to change a manager. Surely that's Correct. the reason to, to get someone in because that's going to hold them back. That's not going to change. If he, if he, if he, he's had plenty of time. So, so if that's the, the things we see now, you know. I mean, the squad I, is frightening. And how you can't yeah, get something out of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah but, if, but, if, but if just because you and I and the, 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 the broader public think that way or see that, doesn't mean they're going to necessarily change it. You know, the relationship between the board and, you know, the owner of the board, whatever, and Solskjaer is completely different. And, you know, building for the future, they've, they've had the big names in Van Hal and Mourinho and success that was guaranteed success, that even with the success, Jose Mourinho was more successful than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in terms of return of trophies, and he lost his job. So for me, the way that Ole goes before the end of the season is if players turn on him, if Ronaldo turns on him, if, if all these other people say, listen, love the guy, but he's not, we're not going anywhere with him. And, and Ronaldo's at that, I'm not, I'm not saying that Ronaldo's going to do this, but he's at that stage in his career, Cavani, Ronaldo, there's quite a few of them, Varane, they need to start winning things now or, or continue to win things now. They can't wait another year or two. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Ollie's under pressure and Brendan Rogers before this match was under I think a tiny little bit of pressure seeing as he was sitting around 13th 14th nah, in the ladder not, not, not from not, Leicester not, not his not job from, not yeah. his job but there were people criticising them a little bit this season he actually I thought showed a lot of his prowess with his changes as well you had Perez coming in Daka coming in they both accounted for two assists and a goal late in that game and he's been linked with a move to Newcastle now, which surely that's rubbish. I mean, he's doing a great job at Leicester. Do you think realistically he could be the man to move to Newcastle? No, he's not going. He's already no, said it. Can't he happen. said he said he's actually been. He pretty much ruled himself out and said, okay. "Listen, I am here at Leicester. I've got a contract for 2025. I love working here. I'm honoured to be here, and I don't see anything changing." So he 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 hasn't left the door open at all. Or as, as opposed to you, listen to what Steven Gerrard said. Mm. He's not distanced himself, hasn't put a stop to it. So the minute yeah. uh, Brendan Rodgers made those, those 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 comments, I mean, the, the bookmakers stopped. They basically put him right out there and saying there's no chance he's going to become Newcastle manager. I don't think the million – why would he go there? I mean, listen, yeah. Le- Leicester City, the project, the, 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 the management, the owner of the club, I, I think it, it's almost a dream job in so many ways. I mean, you know, the next step for Brendan Rodgers is a Man City yep. or, or somewhere like that. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, Newcastle ruled out there, but as you mentioned, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Antonio Conte, there's managers flying left, right and center. They lost 3-2 at home to Tottenham on the weekend. You almost got to feel for Steve Bruce. It's like he's 
watching his wife go out on dates with other men. He's got potential candidates left, right and centre to replace him, but he's got to still do his job on the weekend. 1,000th Premier League match. Started well. Probably a bit of a train wreck from that point on. What do you make of Newcastle, Bridgie? What I make of them, the atmosphere, I've got to say, and in that ground was just electric. It was great to see St. James's Park bouncing again with the belief. And, you know, speaking of friends and family back home, the, it was just the buzz the whole week around the whole of the region. Um, so that that was huge. And they got the perfect start. I mean, Callum Wilson, they, they, the stage was set for that. And Callum Wilson, uh, a Newcastle number nine, one of the probably only one of two guys that are safe at Newcastle United this moment in time, him and Maximum, they, you know, linking up and getting the, the goal, I thought was was very, very fitting. But same same question marks around Newcastle going ahead. Um, the amount of times that Newcastle have gone ahead under Steve Bruce and ended up losing matches is frightening. They show that they haven't got that characteristic in them. And again, they, you know, Tottenham found a way to get back, as they would do with the quality that, that they possess. And I, I, I really felt for the owners. I think it would have been fitting to get a, a win or a draw. And the, I think the only plus to come out of this, that there was a, there was a fan who um, had his life saved by um, a, a doctor in the crowd. Um, who I thought did an absolutely amazing job doing CPR and Reggion, the the fullback, stopping the game to to make sure that they got the defibrillator f- um, from the bench. I mean that was that's the standout moment um, from from this game. Uh, and but like I say, I, I'm very still very disappointed with Newcastle. They need a change, and it will be coming from the manager. There's no doubt about it. I think I, I call it Claude's. I said he wouldn't be there for his thousand game. I've heard rumours. Obviously, they haven't found the right person yet. They're still talking, uh, and it will. It, it's inevitable that he will be gone. Did you get excited when Harry Kane scored? Did I ever? <laughs> Did I ever? He's back in my um, Valentine's cards again. He's he's back in the love love child department, mate. Is that going to kickstart his season now? Oh, I'm not getting into that. Yes, of course it will. <laughs> 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 Tommy, uh, you, you heard it there. Newcastle, they're still winless, but they're taking all the, the headlines. I was actually looking for some breaking news this morning. All I could get was just ridiculous transfer rumors. Uh, everyone linked with Newcastle at the moment. Who is the man to replace? Because is, is this, do you go after an Antonio Conte or a huge name like that? Can you really attract them when you're sitting in the relegation zone? Or does there have to be almost a middle ground with a Gerard or a Lampard there? Um, you know, the more I've thought about it, we, we talked about it last week and, and Bridget actually made a good point. You know, I think looking at the table, like, they can't just sit back. They need points. Um, and I think short term, um, if that's a couple of years, uh, I think Conte, they need someone who can, uh, like Bridget said, kick them off the ass, uh, you know, get them. And um, yeah, and, and then, you know, just get the points needed until they get to January. I think that that's that's has to happen uh obviously bruce is not the man long term so they need to get him out uh i think uh, and yeah conte i think will be a good man but who's available right now i think that's the question yeah the, the other rumor uh, in the last couple of hours is wayne rooney apparently as well as is, 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 is on a short whoa, whoa. list <laughs> no <laughs> Are you having a laugh? <laughs> I did. No, yeah. I, I'm telling you, is it, there's, there's apparently close sources to the club are saying there's a short list. Man, Wayne, 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 doesn't no, even no. Know, Wayne wouldn't know how to switch a laptop on, mate, let alone put oh. it into the wall. <laughs> Swartz, Swartz, can I just say that my former agent, he's the agent of Rooney. He's the yep. agent of Maguire. If he gets Maguire 300,000 and he gets Rooney in, at uh, a Newcastle, uh, I'll start believing wizards, mate. Uh, uh, you know, he 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 needs uh, he needs a medal. 
Uh, Mate, <laughs> I, 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 I've seen some players, some players making moves in their careers, actually all their moves in their careers and having played with them and then just going, how is that even possible? And then knowing who their agent was and just thinking the guy is an absolute miracle. Tommy, okay. did, did, be, sorry. Yeah, like Tom- my, my agent, uh, Paul Stretford, or my former agent, you know, he's got good ties uh, with Newcastle. Um, Can you give me his number, please, Tommy? <laughs> uh, after the show, Bridget, I'll. Uh, I'm I'll, struggling uh, to get a job in the A League, let alone get Newcastle United like Rooney, mate. So give us a, give us his number, please. Uh, and, and the other the other the other big rumor is um, supposedly Jesse Lingard's people are up at Newcastle talking. Oh, that, well, makes that makes sense, doesn't it? That's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. They've got to be the players that they're looking for initially, right? Yeah. The ones that are outcasts or sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a bunch of them. I think January is a, is a really interesting time for, for someone like Newcastle. I think like Lacazette, um, Jesse Lingard. Um, there's a few players just off the top of my head that I can remember. I've heard that they want Calvin Phillips as well. That's the, that's the number one go-to man. Yeah, but look, look at Leeds United. They, they, they can't play without him. I know they can't switch, but at the end of the day, they can't afford to spend what they need to to keep them. Aren't they missing? Yeah. Him? Aren't they missing him? And uh, another game I wanted to mention: Schwartz's, sorry, Schwartz's second favorite club, Burnley. Uh, they were done two 0 by Man City. We we find ourselves not really talking about City because they win games, and you just expect them to win. Seventy one percent possession. They leaves Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich all winless. I wanted to ask you guys. Could that potentially be the bottom three come May? Or Newcastle definitely getting out of there? Newcastle are getting out of there. And I've put on my um, a bit of a, a maroon or claret, whatever you want to call it, jumper, mm-hmm. just to show the support for Burnley. Because I, I hammer them every week on the show. Um, I thought that, you know, after going 1-0 down, I thought they held their own defensively. Very, very structured. You, you're never going to win possession against Pep. Um, and I thought, you know, Sean Dyche, I... Yeah, I I have a go at Burnley for their lack of ambition at the top end, but for what Sean Dyche has done and what Burnley are all about, I, you know, I, I give them credit. But I, I really feel for them this season. I think this could be curtains for them in Norwich. Newcastle will get out of that. And City for them, they another two 0 win. They're sitting in a good position in touching distance of the title. Are they Premier League title favourites from what we've seen in recent weeks? They're up there. Of course, uh, listen, I think I think it's too hard. I mean, listen, City are going quietly about their their their, their job really now. It's it's funny, isn't it? The only the only kind of real headlines you're getting out of City at the moment is why what's happened to Raheem Sterling and how you know fall from grace from being a, a such an integral part of their side to now hardly getting any game time, um, and all the attention seems to be obviously what's happening over in in, in uh, at, at United. Um, so it's a nice distraction, I think, for City. Um, uh, it's going to be for me again. We, we sort of early on in the, in the season. I, I still don't think it's going to be any different. I think there's going to be a race to the end of the season, or hopefully to the end of the season between between the current top three. That's Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City. A City still a striker away from from being the favourites to win the Prem, or can they win it the way they are now? Yeah, I that's think January is going to be. Concern. Yeah, yeah, I think January is going to be interesting. You know, there, there's small rumors, obviously, about Haaland. You know, that there's at least something going on in the background. He'll, I think he'll definitely sign in January, Tommy, on the Bosman. Yeah, so so. If, well, not know, the Bosman, is, the that buyout clause for the next season. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Where, so, where, where did that come from? Sorry for the the buyout clause for next season. So I don't think they'll yeah. get him in January, but it'll be settled. That's what I thought. He'll go in the summer. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. Yeah, but again. That was that's obviously talking next season then, but uh, you know I think I think they're they're setting themselves up, uh, and I think 
a striker would would tip them into the favorite role. But I think at the moment it's yeah, it's touch and go. It's whoever is on on form really. I'd love to see them go all out and spend in January. Sign sign Holland for the following season, but just go out and see if they could potentially twist the hand of um, Bayern Munich to get Lewandowski in the Premier League. Oh, imagine that. That'd be unbelievable. Ooh. I so mean, sign both of them. You just fleece the Bundesliga. Yeah, but one of the t- t- actually Lewandowski <laughs> could join in January. I think that would be marvellous. So then what would happen? You've taken Bayern Munich's best striker away from them. Knowing that Haaland can probably have a chance to win the Bundesliga with Dortmund and he stays for that season and then yeah, get both of them in for the final year. Imagine wow. being Lewandowski right now, right? I mean, even he's a tender young age. What is he, 34 or whatever it is? <laughs> and I mean, he's con- I think he's con- when is his contract up? I actually think he is his contract up at the end of the season, Lewandowski's. Don't or he's know. got maybe one more year. He- his contract's not that far away. So imagine he's going to have, I mean, he's been linked with Real Madrid. Um, there's a whole host of teams because you'd be mad not to want to get him. Yeah. He's going to be an instant impact. And you talk about agents and what an impact they can have on it. Erling Haaland, we know who his agent is, Mina Rayola, and he's quite vocal about it as well. Uh, no, do- he's not vocal. He doesn't say <laughs> a word. He goes quietly about his job. Don't even know who he is. So one, one thing's for sure. I don't know where he's going to go, but there'll be headlines surrounding it. I'll take that chance to maybe step away from the Premier League for a second. We're going to come back soon, but it is Chelsea, Liverpool, City, divided by two points and Brighton in fourth place still. They're hanging in there a little bit longer. Love to see it. Graham Potter's doing a great job. But we'll go to Germany. Schwartzy, I know you cop a bit of stick here about the Bundesliga, but this is this is the example. I mean, by Leverkusen, we had the same thing happen last season where Leverkusen are in second place. They're hosting Bayern Munich. This is the game, top two, and Bayern go <clears> five up after about 35 minutes. Is that yeah. is that what's wrong with the league or are Bayern just way too good? Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I think one team dominating the league every year is not a great thing. Mm. Um, it's, it, it really isn't. I mean, we, you know, we, we, it kind of gets a bit boring in a way. I mean, the thing about the Bundesliga, I actually don't think, if you watch, if you're interested in watching it, I, I don't find it as boring, even though you think, you know, Bayern will run away with it. They're not necessarily running away with it. I mean, they're only one point clear at the moment. So they have lost a game, they lost the home to Eintracht Frankfurt, and then Eintracht Frankfurt go, go and get beaten on the weekend against at home against South of Berlin, which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. really, on paper, on form. Um, so Bayern don't necessarily always have it their own way. Um, but what is it, nine years in a row they've won it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it's not great for the league, but for some reason... The league, and I think it's more about production of players, young players, talent, incredible players. They play some decent football. Um, they do well in European football, the German sides, obviously mostly Bayern, but then Dortmund are there or thereabouts, play some really attractive football that still creates an interest in the Bundesliga. But yes, someone else needs to try and get up there. Not even just one, another couple of clubs need to get up there and win the league. Mm. Yeah, and Haaland yeah. came back to score a double for Dortmund. He could be potentially pushing Lewandowski for the golden boot race. But yeah, no, it is a great league. And Freiburg, out of nowhere, remained the only unbeaten team in the Bundesliga this season as well. So I think all it's missing, it reminds me of the Serie A a few years ago. It's doing very well, but all it's missing is that top, top team to be knocked off their perch. I'm going to yep. go to the Serie A for a second, guys. Juve, Napoli, Milan, they all won. No surprises there. Inter, defending champions, they lost to Lazio. And at the very end of the game, Bridgie, we saw this one on the highlight show. At the very end of the game, Luis Felipe jumps on a former teammate of his career, who's now at Inter celebrating. He gets sent off for it. Then he cries. Then a brawl breaks out. It was just mayhem. Is that a rightful red card, though? 
who's going to take this one up. I, I don't think it's a red card. I think it's um, the manner that he did it, their, their teammates. But you can see why, because you, you don't, even if they're friends of yours and teammates, you can't rub the it in the wound like that after the final whistle. I think there could have been a little bit more common sense about it mm-hmm. and it could have been handled differently. But I remember Martin Keown when Van Nistelrooy missed a penalty yeah. for Manchester United and Keown jumped on him and gave him a big slap around the well, back he, of the neck. Yeah, he kind of didn't jump on him, jump on him, but jumped well, up against him and chested him kind of thing, didn't give he? Give him a yeah, lot of crap, right. you know, acting yeah, like an yeah, idiot. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that's a clear, that was a clear um, rubbing in his face, where I don't think necessarily with with what happened on the weekend in, in Lazio Inter was necessarily a rubbing in the face. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know they were good mates, yeah. but I think the obviously the referee sent off because of what happened afterwards from that, right? So he's he's, he's inciting whatever you want to call inciting it. Inciting carnage right? and trouble, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and, you know, we all know as football players and playing for various clubs, you know, you got to be very careful on how you... The the game was already heated up when uh, Philip Anderson scored the goal where the player was down for Inter Milan and there was hell on about that, how they didn't kick the ball out. And again, for me, that was the correct decision because when that player was down, Inter Milan were on the attack and Inter Milan did not kick the ball out. So if it's good for one, it's good for the other. That's always the way though, isn't it? You see that so often, don't you? Yeah. You saw some insane red cards over the weekend. There was one in... Huge league, this one, the Northern Irish Premier League. Um, oh, yes. Matt, the goalkeeper, wasn't it? That was Bobby, Bobby You've Burns. You've got two goalkeepers on here, and we've got but Bobby yeah, Burns, yeah. That, that's why I want to ask. I mean, Bobby Burns, former Newcastle Jets yeah. defender. A lovely well, kid as well, by the way, Claude. Was headbutted by his own goalkeeper uh, after a goal went in. Tommy, why are you guys all so just strange up here? What, what's up with goalkeepers? <laughs> <laughs> And that's why he gets paid uh, the big bucks. Hey, all right, okay, all right. Yeah, I think I think me and Sports have heard that before, but uh, you know, maybe we uh, we sort of out outside the norm here. Me and Sports, we 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 fairly level headed. I don't think we've, uh, um, you know, uh, but it shows sometimes as a goalkeeper. Uh, you you play with stupid defenders that can't. You know, I'm sure De Gea wanted to rip the head off uh, Maguire the weekend um, for for not dealing with his pass. But again, you know, it, when, when anything happens like this, you know, you, you got to keep control of your emotions. You know, I, I was on the pitch when uh, Dyer and uh, uh, who was it up at Newcastle? We played oh, with yeah. Lee Boyer. Yeah. Lee Boyer, yeah. When, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. started fighting each other and we, we were yeah. rocking our hands, you know, there, there was two red cards right there and we were playing 11 against nine. So it does <laughs> happen. Uh, Tommy, but, you do know Lee Boyer's nickname. He, we call him at Leeds the firework because he had the shortest fuse in the world. Yeah. And he, I had a fight with him at, at a hotel once. It was, he's, he was just mental, but a lovely guy off the field. And then flick of a switch or light the fuse, off he went. Unbelievable. Yeah, is that because but, uh, neither of you would pay the bar bill? Is that what it was? Uh, actually, it was. It was over a food bill. <laughs> 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 but but has, it, has it come out if there was any underlying issues? Because that, that sometimes, uh, you know, that's sometimes what sort of gets people over the edge if there was something off the pitch that is... Do you yeah, know that incident that, that happened? Bobby Burns was at Newcastle United. Uh, sorry, Newcastle Jets. He had a nasty, nasty leg break last year when he went back to Ireland. Uh, snapped his leg and he's gone through a lot of rehab. There was a tackle on the halfway line that Bobby didn't win in that game just before the goal went in. And he pulled out of the tackle and they went up the other end and scored the goal. And Bobby couldn't get back to defend. And the goalkeeper has lost his blob because of that incident, seeing Bobby pulled out. And it, it, it shouldn't happen what, what had done. Uh, what had gone on and I can see why the goalkeeper would be angry but there's no need to react like that because if you know the players 
past and the history to go in for that 50-50, Bobby is still not 100% right in the head and confident with his own body. Yeah. Yeah. Back on that Man United one with uh, De Gea, Maguire. Maguire tried to try to blame De Gea as well, didn't he? Yeah. Falling in the back of the net. That old chestnut. Yeah. So, Tommy, were you at Sunderland with me with um, Lionel Perez? No, nah, no. Nah, the he, goalkeeper, he, the flamboyant he, Frenchman. Yeah. There was him and Soda, Soda Bear or something. They oh, Zutabe, uh, that's right. Uh, they, that was the last time left. I saw a goalkeeper punch anybody and it was our Christmas party. Lionel Perez was there. We were watching this comedian on stage and Lionel Perez, six foot two and about five foot five wide as well. And yes. his wife got up and his wife was about three foot four and she went over to go to the toilet and the um, comedian started doing the um, Oompa Loompa Dumpa Dee Day song oh. over the microphone. Oh, no. And the whole place, players and wives started laughing, but Lionel Perez just got up, marched through and knocked the comedian out on stage. And that was the end of our Christmas party. <laughs> so there you go. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I want to know, did you go straight home after that? Uh, no, oh, I was no, out. Bridget we went, went to town. We went. <laughs> <laughs> I, was at, I was at Annabelle's in town. <laughs> and we were laughing all night long, singing the oompa loompa doompa dee day. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Bridgie. Um, just sticking with our trip around Europe, players who get in a bit of trouble hitting the town, Mauro Icardi. Uh, we spoke about him on the weekend as well. More dramas with him. Than a, than a Spanish soap opera, Schwartzy. I mean, this guy, decent player on the park, off the park, not quite. Wanda Icardi, he's, the thing is, she's not only his partner, but she's also his football agent. And uh, she's now broken up with him, said that uh, you broken another family for her. I'm not going to use the word she describes, yeah. another lady. Uh, so probably not the smartest thing to do when she's your football agent. He could be ending up at uh, MacArthur Bulls next season like that. Uh Talk about an absolute train wreck, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Where do you even start with it? I don't even think you bother even going there. I mean, no, didn't, I his, so. didn't his, his current wife now, who's no longer his wife, used to be the wife of uh, yes. Maxi Lopez? Yeah, that's right. And Icardi yeah. stole him her, off him, yeah? And they, were, and they were mates as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's only I one mean, person laughing now, and it's Maxi Lopez, isn't it? He's got his, yeah. he's finally got his, um, yeah, yeah, he's seen, yeah. Anyway, I, 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 don't, I mean, I, and I don't I think, think he explains any judgment, really. No, exactly. exactly <laughs> I, right. I think it just sums up him as a player where he is in his career. And he's yeah. like obviously hugely talented, mm. but but has sort of stuttered along the way. I mean, his record, his goal scoring record at Inter Milan was insane. Mm. Absolutely insane. Um, but he, you know, he he had he had moments at that PSG, but for, for some reason there's obviously a character issue. Mm. You know, he's he's on the outer again. Well, he's one of the latest names to be linked to Newcastle United as well. Well, there's plenty of lasses in the tune for him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. It might be a match made in heaven. Let's look forward to the football coming up this week. We will go back to the Premier League in a second, but I wanted to ask you guys about the Matildas as well, because we're very excited at Optus Sport, the fact that we are showing the Women's World Cup here, Australia, New Zealand 2023. So preparations are well and truly underway. The Matildas have had a bit of mixed form coming into this. They're now about to play Brazil on home soil. A couple controversies to come out of the camp as well. Schwartz, I'll start with you. Preparation for the Matildas team. Is it on track or is it looking a little bit worrying? No, certainly what's happened uh, with obviously the news with Lisa Devano, the accusations, um, the, the stories, listen, it's got to be a disrupt, uh, a distraction, a disrupting um, moment in the squad. The players must be finding it difficult. Um, obviously the new manager as well is still trying to get his messages across, his style of play across, um, and they've had some difficult uh, results, bad results, really, from from more from what we expect have have expected from the Matildas, and I think 
this is what happened, you know, in, in, in 2019 at the World Cup. It was the first time, I think, um, certainly the first time that the Matildas had literally a massive spotlight on them mm. and the media attention was there. And there were moments where you could see that some of the players didn't react well to it. Any sort of criticism, there was a lot of expectations. And, and, and that's where they are now. Obviously, World Cup's going to be in Australia. Everything is focused on, on the girls and, and their preparation and every game will be scrutinised. Every performance will be scrutinised. And off-field distractions are not great. And let's just hope it gets sorted out um, as quickly as possible. Tommy, we... Yeah, yeah, uh, just, just back to that. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the Olympics were, were encouraging. I think Gustafsson, obviously, when he took over, they got smashed in three or four friendlies uh, in Europe. Um, uh, and and were, I've, I had big question marks when they went into the Olympics. But... but um, but I actually think they showed a lot, a lot of character in, in a lot of those games. Uh, you could sort of start to see a, a team coming together, and obviously, uh, some, uh, with Kerr up front, you, you got that match winner. Um, but again, I, I don't think this, this, uh, all these issues, uh, accusations. I don't think it's not going to help. Uh, thank God that the World Cup is still a couple of years away, uh, so so that can sort of hopefully get sorted. Um, but but I, I agree with Swartz. I think it's going to be scrutinised now, and they have to get used to it. There's a, there's going to be expectations and and Gustafsson's got got he's got a a job on his hands for sure. And a massive massive positive for the Matildas girls and obviously any other up and coming star or player in this country. The the amount of girls that are playing in that Premier League and, yeah. and around Europe in the Super Leagues it's it's brilliant because if you're playing football on a regular basis at the highest level possible, it can only help your national you at national level. So um, I think that's fantastic that this opportunity has arose for a lot of the girls in Europe. I think importantly is how well they're doing as well. So, you know, Hayley Resso obviously going to Manchester City, which was a big, big move for her. Um, obviously, City haven't done so well so far, but, you know, they're a big club and, and, and high expectations of their, of, their, of their women's team. Sam Kerr, mm-hmm. I think, is kind of, I think for a lot of people, doing what they expect her to do. But I think the challenge of playing in Europe was a big challenge for her. And she said that she found it difficult to begin with the, the temperature, the, the conditions, um, the type of style of football. And I think it's going to make her a better player. So long as the, the Matildas actually play a better brand of football as well at times, because even at the Olympics at times, you don't know you're chasing a game, you're knocking the ball long, you're trying to get the ball in the box, so forth. You know, we need to make sure that we utilize the strengths of our of the girls. Ellie Carpenter being at Lyon, that's a massive, massive yes. move. Uh, she's she's done incredibly well there. So she's my favorite player. Mm. Yeah, she she's brilliant. So hopefully they continue to grow. Um, you know, a couple of the girls are at uh Steph Catley, uh Caitlin Ford at Arsenal. Um you know, Mackenzie Arnold. Let, let's hope these girls just get better and better and come the the, the World Cup. They're in top form and hopefully for the national team, they're, they're playing some great football. Yeah, it's a really good time for them to go overseas as well, seeing what's happened with the domestic football. We've been stopped for so long. A-League women's now starting a bit later and it's a shorter season too. So it's great for these girls to be getting that experience around the world. And I think we all can't wait for that World Cup on home soil and happy just to see live football here being played in Sydney. That's going to be exciting as well. Guys, I'm conscious of time, but we're going to go back to the Prem. Some big games coming up this weekend. I want to ask you about a few of them. Tommy, your former club, Aston Villa, 
tough loss this weekend, leading 2-0. In the final 10 minutes, it was a train wreck against Wolves. They now travel to the Emirates against Arsenal, another side which will be trying to get back to winning ways. How do you see this one panning out on Saturday morning? Oh, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Villa showed um, <clears throat> the exact, you know, what they need to do against Man United a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they're, they're going to sit back. They're going to, you know, hit uh, Arsenal on the counter a little bit like Crystal Palace. Uh, I think they're fairly solid. I think it was, they were unlucky at the weekend. I think they actually played well. Uh, and we know in football, momentum, uh, a few things I actually think that, you know, Wolves, uh, La- Bruno Lage, I think he, he made some good substitutions, got that first goal, and then suddenly uh, you're on the back foot. And, and uh, yeah, you know, we've all been on the end of, of, of sort of late comebacks where you're in control and you lose. So I'm not too worried. Uh, and I actually think they can go and win this one uh, down at the Emirates. Um, you know, I, th- I think they're fairly solid uh, as a team. I think they've got a good team this season. 12th against third that uh, sorry 12th against 13th that game uh, will be an interesting one but I'm going to move to a top four clash for you Schwartzy we wouldn't have thought that this would be a top four clash fourth against third Brighton Man City I guess tests don't come bigger than this for Potter what do you think about this one and how do you see it going it's a massive game isn't it um and it's a great indicator to show tell you where where Brighton are and I'm sure for Graham Potter they'll be thinking the same um Brighton have done pretty well the last couple of seasons at home against Man City. They've always given them a, a really, really tough game. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, but again, the, the issue with Brighton is will where will the goals come from? Will they continue to score goals against, obviously, one of the best teams, um, certainly in Europe, if not the world, in Man City? So it, it, it's um, a game that obviously, who's going to have more possession? That's the other question. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions to answer with that game. Possession I don't know. doesn't win your possession doesn't win your games, Mark. I know. I know. It's who puts but, a ball know, in the back of the net, and it'll be I, Man City. I know. Mm. And who's most likely to do that? Man City, exactly. Yeah. But Brighton, like I said, at home, uh, you know, they don't underestimate them, and they've, they've got a good, decent record of late against Man City. Man City coming off the back of European football as well. It's always a busy schedule, and you just never know. Brighton get the full week yep. off. Uh, Bridgie. The biggest game this weekend. It is the the old derby of the two most successful teams in English football. Man United up against Liverpool. Again, both these teams are playing Champions League football midweek, but Liverpool play FC Porto and they have an extra day's rest. How do you see this one turning out at Old Trafford? Uh, anybody that goes to Old Trafford you know, in years gone by, it was always a tough place. It's a lot of it. It's an easier place. Man United had their best away record. Um, obviously, that was broken. Um, when 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 did they get done? What was that that last game, wasn't it? Leicester. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Cheers. God, time flies. Um, I, I really feel the way Liverpool are playing at this moment in time. I think Mark Swartz mentioned it so several weeks ago that they were back to playing the best football that we have seen them play in a long time, and it's just continuing on. I can't see the trend changing. I think Liverpool will go there tactically. They are far more influential because of the man at the helm in Klopp and defensively they're far more structured because of Van Dijk and the organisation and going forward, they've got more organisation. Away win, Liverpool, go the Reds. Not the Red Devils. (laughs) (laughs) That'll melt more pressure on Oli. And do you think, I mean, do you think that for that midweek clash, Man United, are they beating Atalanta? Oh, I don't want to upset too many Man United fans, but um, no, I think it'll be a draw. 
But Atlanta, man, go amount of goals and the way they're playing football. Yeah. They're they're a pleasure to watch at this moment in time as well. I really really enjoy it and have done for the last two or three years. Really, when they lose players, mm. they still manage to get the dynamics of the team and they find a way. Mm. Definitely. Well, we're, we're treated to football every day. We've got Champions League, obviously, throughout the week. Then we've got Premier League Saturday morning and right all the way through to Monday and throughout the next week. So we're Sport for Choice here on Optus Sport. We've gone a little bit over time, guys. We had a bit of Fergie time. Bridgie has more to add. Go on, Bridge. I've got Fergie time coming. One more question. You've got the old legendary Chelsea shirt on, mm. yeah, from 97. Yep. Um, yep. It's yellow. I'm there this weekend. I'm playing the Canaries. You mentioned yeah. the lack of opportunities. Goals. How many is Lukaku going to get this weekend against Norwich? You know, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a drubbing. Um, you not? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they'll be focusing after that Juventus loss. I think a lot of the focus will go into the Champions League midweek. Malmo, they should beat Malmo at home. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you should Surely. have to yeah. have to get six points against Malmo to go to top that group. Uh, against Norwich, I think it'll be a comfortable two 0 I think it'll be a comfortable two 0 Lukaku gets one and gets that. Yeah, I'm going four plus. Back. You I'm think going so? Four plus. Yeah, I, I, yeah, really, I think they're, I think they're going to hammer them. I'm going three. Let's not forget as well. There's another big game on the weekend, West Ham Spurs. That's a big, big game, you know. Yeah, and it's, Derby, it's, that's right. Yeah. It, it's very, very spicy between the two sets of fans as well. So looking forward to that. West Ham and the form that they're in. Um, Spurs, obviously, let's say, really good result. Football, football at, fans. Uh, what's it, have you seen Football Factory? Uh, no, I haven't, no. Football Factory, good movie for you. And Green Streets, if you want to check out the West Ham, okay. um, the, the, the West Ham um, Hard Boys or Hooligans, mm, okay. as they call them. Two very good movies. There you go. And while we're adding games to it, Tommy, this is another cracker as well. I mean, I left it out, but Brentford Leicester, what a game that is! <laughs> Who, who's who's winning that? Well, um, you know, I would love to see uh, you know Brentford again. Uh, I think they, they, you know, I love just the the way they uh, are set up. I love the mm. you know the philosophy that Thomas Frank um, uh, is putting in there. Um, so. Actually, I could see them. Uh, I could see them getting one past uh, Leicester. So I, I'm, I'm tipping. Brand- Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free, or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, I think so I'm too. just, I'm just going to give the other ones a wrap close. We've got Crystal Palace against Newcastle on Sunday morning at 1am at the same time, Leeds against Wolves, Everton against West Ham, uh, Watford, sorry, and Southampton against Burnley. The, the good thing about that is we've got that goal rush on at 1am. And you don't miss a moment or a goal in the action there. Um, but there won't be any at Southampton Burnley. That'll be nil-nil. But the rest of them are going to be classics. <laughs> the, other, the other thing is, let's not forget, you talk about that Brentford game. Mm. Leicester are away on the Wednesday, away in Moscow against in Spartak Moscow. Moscow. Yeah, so right. that, that's a, I mean, Brentford, high intensity. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a big challenge for them there. After the back of Man United game, yeah, going to be definitely testing their squad, that's for sure. Yeah, that'll be a tough, always tough with these, I'd say smaller clubs, but when they get into European football, always tough to juggle that with a thinner squad. Guys, I'm going to say goodbye for now. Got a huge week coming up. Schwartzy, it is uh, probably way past your bedtime over there in the UK. You got any plans for tonight? 
No, mate, not anymore now, mate. No, I've got to go to bed, mm. mate. I've got to look after myself, get my, get my beauty sleep. I was up early this yeah. morning playing golf, so I've got to go to bed again. It takes him 30 minutes to lock his house up because by the time he walks from his east wing of his mansion to the west <laughs> wing, it's a, you know, it's a long, long walk. Golf in the mornings is a tough life to be Mark Schwarzer at the moment, isn't it? It is. Uh, coming back from holiday in Spain, and now you have to play golf. And uh, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. I don't know how I fit it in, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, thanks for joining me. You got any big plans for the day? Oh, hopefully the sun is shining. Get outside. Uh, I'm not playing golf, but I might get on my bike. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that. I see you got a bit of a tan going at the moment. I know Michael Bridges has been top off tanning in the backyard recently. Bridgie, any plans? Uh, We're shooting together, aren't we? I'm, I'm waiting for you to get in the studio and hopefully you're not late. And we've got some pre- preview shows to do together. So um, you you get to hear my dulcet tones once again. You lucky yeah. boy. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot more Michael Bridges, but that's okay. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Gagan Pod. As you heard it, plenty of football coming up on Optus Sport. You can catch us next week. Guess what? Julian Nagelsmann will be back if I didn't get the sack for my late arrival this morning to dive in and dissect all of it. Thanks, guys, and have a good week.